0: This is a statement from the Eye to Eye podcast team. Zora Neale Hurston, American filmmaker, anthropologist and author of the renowned book, Their Eyes Were Watching God, made a most profound, confrontational and controversial statement in her time. If you are silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. The statement is still extremely relevant. A most unfortunate truth and for this reason the eye-to-eye team wants to be very clear ensuring that we don't and won't succumb to such a silence the events that took place on capitol hill january 6th were uncanny however they were not unexpected or surprising though social justice isn't our only focus In this season, it's been a primary focus because events like these have conveyed exactly how much Christian faith has been conflated with things like discrimination, inequality, inequity, and the like. There is no veracity, no truth in the method or teaching that has fostered this culture claiming to be Christianity. It promotes a significant superiority of one's skin color while diminishing those of others. This type of orthodox thinking can be found and supported nowhere. We repeat nowhere in our Bible to use very unpopular words among certain sects, We at eye to eye reject the supremacy of any race, nation or tongue as all are seen as equal in the eyes of God. Period. In this particular instance, we aimed this statement directly at anyone believing that actions of the majority white and believed Christian crowd were justified. If the crowd had been any other majority skin color, the outcome would have been far more severe. There are decades of proof to confirm, yet we simply hold to the evidence of 2020 to be sufficient, seeing the example of thousands banding together in peaceful protest With a 93% success rate of having no violent action, yet still succumbing to tear gas, rubber bullets, and deadly yet empty assumptions and stereotypes. This must stop. Let there be conciliation of hearts and let there be understanding. But until these things can truly flesh themselves out, let there also be justice and an ending. Be reminded of the second greatest commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, checking to ensure your own self-love in the process because he first loved you. And also recalling the severe reminder of 1 John 4:18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. The events on Capitol Hill were birthed in fear and fear alone. And in love, we state what truly is there to fear if the end result is always in the hands of the Lord? Nothing. Please redefine the finish line. Trust God and trust that a real faith will always show no matter the outcome he is and will always be good. This has been a statement from the eye to eye podcast team. really good people welcome to the latest and greatest episode of eye to eye short for inspire to inspire the podcast that's all about being open honest real having conversations about life and faith and as always you know we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to my name is jordan just glad to be a part of the eye to eye podcast team and on this episode oh man oh oh boy ah. I think the best way to say it is that this episode, uh, is it it slaps? Is is that what the cool kids are using? Is that what we're doing now? Yeah? No? Okay. Well, please just don't cancel me. Anyway, on this episode, we are getting ready to have another amazing, another intense conversation with an amazing individual I've known for years who is no doubt eye-to-eye material, challenging herself to decode and demystify the misinformation of society, even to the point of running for office government office, yo. Her name, Amber Ivy. And with her, we talk about just about everything, including how she pretty much predicted the events of January 6th. No joke, like seriously. Her mama co-signed on it, bro, so you know that it's real. And she has her own podcast, which we'll tell you about in just a little bit. But trust me, she's worth the download and the share. So relax, take notes. Let us know what you think, but trust, this is another one for the books that will bless you if you let it. So thanks again for your support, Eye to Eye Podcast. Let's get down to business, scanning. Amber Ivy, welcome to Eye to Eye. How you doing?
1: I'm great. Well, kind of great. Um, we all know what's going on right now, but other than that, I'm doing well. I'm feeling good.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, uh, ladies and gents, we are glad to have Amber Ibe on the podcast with us uh, to have discussions in light of recent events. We uh, we wanted to come to her for her area of expertise um, and just all that is her her passion. Uh, we're gonna let her tell you a little bit about herself in just a second. But um, you know, yesterday certain things happened. I can say I'm not really surprised that they happen, uh, but nonetheless, um, just seeing the fact that these events occurred, some folks are distraught, some folks are really, really upset, and we're just—I don't know—you <laughs> know, everything's in the air right about now. Uh, but you know, just—I guess I'll leave that there. Uh, Amber AI, my friend, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? What's your what, what's your eye to eye? let's let's just do that.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight. Um, I'm Amber Ivey. I go by AI because, one, um, I've been called that most of my life. And uh, even before Alan Iverson and even before artificial intelligence, <laughs> there was this AI. Um, no, but my background is in public policy, data, law and technology. I'm at the intersection of those spaces and so when I talk about things, I try to always bring a data lens, a policy lens, thinking about the legal implications, thinking about how technology impacts the world we're in. So even as we talk about what we're going to talk about today, some of that stuff is going to come up. But that's me in a nutshell.
0: Excellent. Also, didn't you uh, just do something this year? Or, or not, God dog, not, it's 2021, but it's, you know, it just feels like 2020, <laughs> just a little it, bit. It, you
1: it know? does. <laughs> I, I said that 2021 was basically going to be like, uh, gotcha. Um, it's still 2020 or 2020 was going to actually hold the clock. So it didn't turn, uh, the clock spiked 12 the other night. So I'm not sure if it, if it changed or not, but it does feel really 2020 ish So I'm fine with calling it 2020 part two.
2: Listen, this is like a Marvel after the credits. <laughs> that's what's going on here. Okay. This first week, yo, that's what it is. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it certainly feels like that.
0: That's for sure. But anyway, yeah. yo, so in 2020, I'm sorry. Uh, you took a real leap of faith and did something that definitely kind of inspired me. And we were having conversations about that. Didn't you like try to run for an office or something? What what was?
1: Oh, yeah, I ran. Actually, I ran for office as an independent for Congress. I ended up having to sue the state of Maryland um, because of the pandemic to help get get access for other third party candidates to get on the ballot. So um, part of my background is working in policy, public policy, meaning government. And really trying to make sure we change things. And again, that's definitely relevant for what's happening in D.C. and the disparity we're seeing as uh, folks who are are in the city are experiencing different things based on who you are, what color you are, what you represent. And I'm interested to definitely dig into that.
2: Yeah, that would be super interesting because it's super relevant. Mm -hmm. A lot of what happened yesterday was because of false claims basically being dumped on our society regarding the election. And those claims didn't just start happening after November 3rd. Let's be honest. Those claims had basically started at the beginning of 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, you know, showing his hand. And by his hand, I mean Trump was showing his hand as to basically what he, how he was going to play this thing. Like he had been saying that this was going to go on for a while. So as somebody who likes to follow politics, um, my favorite guy, I love the fact that you ran as an independent because my favorite guy was Andrew Yang going into it. and yes. And the only reason he ran as a Democrat, I believe, because he very much is kind of, uh, he's hes a progressive when it comes to actually thinking about progress versus mm-hmm. just what that means ideologically. Um, but he's also uh, just a, a solid entrepreneur thinker the way maybe a lot of people might think Republicans would kind of line up. But he had to run as Democrat because winning as an independent is next to impossible, as you know. (laughs) Exactly. So I would be interested to hear your thoughts because he's big on election reform and Mm -hmm. he's huge on campaign finance reform and all that stuff. So give us some insight as to, you know, kind of pull the curtain back about how messed up our election system really is? Like what's real? What has it really messed up versus what are the things we're hearing about it being messed up that probably aren't true?
1: (laughs) Uh, Let me just say this, it's really messed up. If you are not a part of the two-party majority system, meaning if you're not a Democrat or Republican, it is basically dead in the water for you. What that means is, right? If we say we believe in free and open and fair elections, right, that means that, anyone, no matter your party, should be able to run for office and not have any restrictions, right? We should be able to play by the same the same rules, same game. I should be able to come in as an independent, as a Green Party, as a libertarian, whatever I am, as a cat, dog, whatever party <laughs> I'm a part of, right? And I should be able to say, I'm running for office and have the same rules, play the same game as the Democrat and Republican parties. That is not the way the system is set up. How do I know? I lived through it. How do I also know? I've seen people live through it. So the way it works in many situations, if you are a Democrat and Republican, you are the one, you are the groups who control the primaries. Think about that. We have parties controlling the primaries. So if you're not one of those two parties, you don't participate, depending on the type of state you're in, you don't participate in their primary. So I live in a closed state primary. That means... Democratic Party has their primary, Republican Party has their their primary. There's no primary for the third parties. The third parties do not participate in primaries. And if you are registered to vote as a third party, you don't vote in primaries. Like you get no voice in that, which is crazy, right? How do we have the two-party system controlling an election process that is funded by taxpayers? And I am not allowed to participate as a taxpayer, one. Two, there's a different game, right? In most states, when you are a third party, um, you have to go and do petitioning. And a lot of stuff depends on the state you're in because state election laws are by state. So in my state, I had to go and get 5,000 at the time, 5,000 wet signatures, not not using online. They weren't allowing technology in the beginning. You're supposed to get 5,000 signatures, which really means you need to get 10,000 because they're going to throw out half of those just for a little technicality, such as the signatures don't match, such as they're missing a middle initial. They wrote the um, address wrong or they couldn't read it. Like they throw stuff out for the silliest things. Now imagine me as a individual who's an independent running, right? Or trying to run. I have to get 10,000 signatures, but the person who is um, a Democrat just pays $100 to get on the ballot. And many of them don't even get 1,000 votes. But I have to go prove myself by getting 10,000 signatures in reality. The system is not the same. Uh, So as we think about free and fair elections, Andrew Yang is right. And let's not talk about money. If we get into money, I'll be here all night. So I'll (laughs) stop there.
2: (laughs) Wow. So 10,000 signatures. It's interesting what you brought up there is that they get thrown out for almost any reason.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a whole list of why they get thrown out. But if it's free and fair elections, we want them to participate. No, we don't want you to participate if you're not a part of these two parties.
2: Well, sure. Because that means that they get to continue to, while we think we're dining freely, they're the ones giving mm-hmm. us the menu. So we only get to order You know, the chicken or the fish. Um, exactly. It's, it's kind of like going to a wedding. You, know, you get a plus one, mm-hmm. but you only get red or white uh, meat. That's it. Um, so we've been hearing a lot over the last two months, I know more about counting ballots than I care to admit because of how much news I've watched. We had one side saying that basically they were allowing any ballot through all of these mail-in ballots, the election uh, that was taking place through signature and through, you know, addresses and all the technicalities you were talking about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you're saying that they basically threw out a ton of your votes or a ton of your signatures okay. because they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't line up. How true is that of our actual election process when those ballots were coming in?
1: So that's the question, right? And that's where we have the big argument. Um, Depending on the state you're in, the laws are different. So one state could have a totally different process than the state literally next door. Mm -hmm. And that's something we have to remember is that elections are ran by states. This is not a federal thing. So when we see federal actors trying to get involved in the states, uh, that is a problem because that's not how we were created in this country. But then we also need to think about what is happening at the state level. Like if you're an open primary state versus a closed primary state or if you're a ranked choice voting state in every single state, we could run the same, I could run the same individuals across uh three different systems and have three different voting outcomes.
2: Right. Yeah. Like, the rank file problem is is tremendous. I think there's only about seven states or so that are there's doing that. Very right now? few. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's only a few. Um that's a big push. Uh, I know there's a lot of I think European countries that do it that way because it allows mm-hmm. the candidates that you actually want to, you can vote for them in the primary, but it doesn't mean that your vote doesn't matter at all if that person doesn't get enough votes. And it also allows them to basically get get points based on coming in second or third in the voting. So it's it definitely would radically change our elections. And do you feel like right now, the people who are holding office are a proper representation of the will of the people?
1: Am I allowed to curse? Yes. Hell no.
2: We'll put an E on there.
1: Yeah,
0: we'll put an explicit. <laughs> that's, that's not worthy of it.
1: That's idea. a good hell, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, though, right, let's think about this. Most of, now I'm going to be very honest. If we look at the, going into the elections, let's look at 2016, 2020. Both times it was too many, insert cuss word, people running on both parties. So in uh, in during the Republicans, when they were running uh, against um When the Republicans were running in 2016, like we had so many people on the stage, it didn't make sense. Same thing (laughs) when the Democrats ran in 2020, so many people on the stage, it didn't make sense. So you literally start to just get, uh, like things are happening and maybe you have the right candidate, maybe you don't, but people did not feel comfortable, sorry for those who are listening, did not feel comfortable about either candidate going into this. Specifically black folks, sorry, black folks who are part of the Democratic Party were not 100% confident in Joe Biden as their uh, as their um, elected official. We can see this through all the blocks, We can see through, through this through all the people talking. What people did agree with is that we needed to get 45 President Trump out of office. So folks went behind that. If we're at the point where, and even when Trump ran, it was the same thing. It was like, who's left standing? And he was able to get momentum going, but he was not the first choice. He did not go in at the beginning of that being realistic. Everyone thought he was a joke and he was able to use his... Marketing and everything else he does do very well. If, we, if we're very honest, to get that position by being very snarky on stage, by showing folks a different side of a politician that they were craving for, and things like that. Um, and then on our on the Democratic side, right, you see uh, something very different happen. Like you see the Bernie people wanted Bernie, but Bernie cannot win. Bernie's an independent, like. Let's not ignore that Bernie is not a Democrat. Right. Bernie is a Democrat, but he's Democrat in name only. Yes. He's an independent, and that does something if you put someone like that in office. And we've seen that because they tried to push him out before, the DNC and the work they did to make sure he did not get the nomination. And that's what you get here. So um, let's not ignore that these two parties have a lot of control. And in reality, we can all say it's us against them. But in my opinion, it's a quarter. We get the left side of the quarter, which is the head, or the right side of the quarter, which is the tail, and we can call it whatever we want to call it. But they are the same system because when that system is is threatened, they come together and they make sure that no one breaks through it. It's too much money in politics. In Congress, you have terms that should not exist. You should not be able to be in an elected office as a career politician ever. You get it gets dirty very quickly. Um, You start to compromise on your morals and even start to do things you would never do. Think about, sorry, I'm going to start naming names, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham was talking dog, insert curse word, about Trump. And then all of a sudden, he's Trump's best friend. And then last night, he's recalling, oh, well, now uh, we need to go in the right direction. And there wasn't any election fraud. Y'all are master manipulators who literally use... um, Congress and positions of power as political theater. And I will say that for the rest of my life, it is a game that's being played to maintain the positions of power because you have people in office who can be there for 30, 40, 50, 60 plus years until the end of time.
0: And now we find ourselves here, specifically uh, yesterday, obviously, which was flat out shenanigans. And I know we'll probably break that down just a little bit more in a second, but I'm just one who am I'm, I'm almost really confused. You, you've kind of explained a lot to us about exactly how we've gotten here, um, and really how there's a history connected to this that we've kind of broken down in previous episodes and, and things of that nature. But you just already talked about how you were in it in light of everything that happened yesterday. I personally just believe, you know, even from a biblical standpoint, all of this happened for one reason, one reason alone. And that's fear. But let's be real. This is something that probably was very much predictable. And if it's predictable, then it's preventable. But it wasn't prevented. And here we are. What is your insight? Was this something that kind of just came out of nowhere for you? Or was it something that you had a little bit of foresight on? Like, what's what's your breakdown in this
1: I'm going to be very honest and say, I called this in May of 2016 before Trump was even uh, potential. Why did I call it then? Because I was listening to Trump. I sat there in my car on drives home down to Hampton Roads where y'all are. I sat in my car and I listened to his rallies. And that moment when I listened to his rallies and I stopped and put aside my life, aside who I am as an individual, as a black woman of color, I put that aside and I sat there and listened to him. And I realized that he was speaking to a part of this nation that people forgot about a long time ago. And when you hit people in their pain, when you hit people in their lack, when you hit people in places that no one's ever cared for them, but someone's showing them attention, it's like a bad relationship, right? People stay in bad relationships where there's abuse and things like that because they feel moments of love, they feel moments of care. What Trump did in that early, like 2016, as um, folks were dropping off... uh, dropping off that long list we mentioned earlier, was show the people who had been forgotten in this country, mostly in rural America, that there was someone who wasn't playing Washington politics, that there was someone who was willing to buck against the system and do all those things. Whether we agree with it or not, he was. The interesting thing is Bernie Sanders did the same thing. Bernie Sanders showed people and touched people who had not been touched in a while or in a while and had showed them that he was not the normal politician. He was not playing games. He was here for the people. The interesting thing is if you look at the data, Trump and Bernie supporters swing between each other. They are fundamentally different. They are two very different people, but you look at it, a lot of Bernie supporters went over to Trump and they're, they can swing back and forth because people are tired of the system that we're talking about. You cannot sit here but for so long and, and vote in elections and continue to tell people the same thing over and over again. Their lives are not affected. You're telling them you're going to change this, you're going to change that. And every single time you go up to vote, every two to four years, depending on your office or what what have you, you're telling people the same lies. At some point, people are going to stop believing the storyline. So fast forward to this week. I actually received a text um, in the middle of the day yesterday, and it said, you called it. And that was from my mother. Because I have been talking to my mom about this For a very long time, I'm like, it's going to happen. And she was like, you call. And I was like, what? Because I had forgotten and I didn't even know what was going on. And I called her and I like saw the text or whatever. And I had to be reminded because it's this wasn't something that we should not have. I guess, been surprised about, like, we know that Trump has been using the same rhetoric for the last almost, well, four years at this point. Right. And no one has stopped him. And let's ask that question and I'm not going to make y'all answer it. But why is it that Trump is allowed to talk the way he talks and no one really stops him? Like they'll get on TV and say he shouldn't say this, but no one actually stops him.
2: Yeah. What's interesting is I just saw a video. I think David Axelrod posted back during the primaries. Uh, it Once again, it was our, our favorite uh, Lindsey Graham. Uh, another <clears throat> another favorite uh, Ted Cruz. Um Great day for him yesterday. Uh, (laughs) Multiple people of the 47 people that were in that primary, like you said, there were so many people, it was ridiculous. All of them talking about how much Trump is a liar, how much he will just completely ruin the, the party, that he'll just destroy everything. You know, there's a term, the leopard ate my face. Basically, I voted for the leopard and then it attacked me. I can't believe it. That's basically what happened with Trump. But a lot of people knew he was the leopard and that's what's going on. You're exactly right. I was interested in what his message was going to be because I did want to hear about the outsider because I felt the same way that you've kind of mentioned the two-party thing. Like we're, we're extremely limited, even though we feel like we live in this power to the people, you know, we the people, but we're really not. And so I was interested in the message. And then once I heard the message, I'm like, oh, good Lord. I <laughs> really hope it's not this guy. And then it was. And then you put right next to him uh, the the second least likable candidate in my lifetime. And then what the heck do you do? Wh- what do you do? So
1: exactly. Um,
2: so one of the questions I, I did want to ask before we get too far away from when you were talking about kind of how the system is set up and talking about term limits and kind of how running in office and once you're in office, how it just kind of really can change you. And you mentioned somebody like Bernie, the first thing I think about when I when I hear Bernie is authentic. He's one of the reasons why I don't want to see term limits. You know, John Lewis is one of the reasons why I don't want to see term limits. But so many other people are reasons why I do. So let's give a little optimism because clearly this is a bleak picture for America. Being somebody who is around this, who are some of the people you think are doing a good job?
1: Oh, boy. You asked me a very hard question because then I have to define what is good. Let me do it this way. So there are people who the people put into office that are representing those people in the way they want to be represented. For example, we can talk about the squad. Like some people do not like the squad. Some people do, but the squad is representative of the people that put them in there and they're doing what those people ask them to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have folks, um, even even if you want to go on other sides, like I personally love Senator Mark Warren or Warner. That's it.
2: Yeah, Warner. Warner. Can you tell us who are members of the squad for people who don't know?
1: So you have AOC, and I'm going to mess up all their names. You have AOC, which is, yeah, I'm, I'm not, let me ask actually- No,
2: because they're all the people that Trump told to go back to where they came from, even though they're from here.
1: Yeah. A- <laughs> <laughs> he did do that. Yeah. Um, and that's something that is very traumatic, and we need to figure that out on a whole nother level. So you have um, AOC, um, Ilhan Omar, you have Ayana Presley, and Rashida Tlaib. So those are the four women of color um, who are uh, considered the squad. Um, you also have someone that's really cool that's up and coming, Corey Bush, that we're excited about. The interesting thing about Corey Bush, sorry, random aside, was that she wore a Brianna Taylor mask to one of the events, and they thought she was Brianna Taylor and did not know anything about Brianna Taylor. So like, yeah. there's different levels of stuff that happens that lets you know, like some of the world is just closed off. But the reality is. The people who are in office right now are because we put them there. So the people who they represent believes they're good. Otherwise, they would not keep reelecting them. So that's why <laughs> I believe in term limits, because I think that once you have, once you're in there, it's very hard to replace you. Like, let's think about the money behind politics. So once you are the party's nominee, it is darn near impossible to get rid of you because now you have the money, you have the machine behind you, you, have all those things. So anyone challenging you either within the party or external to the party is very hard. So even if there is another option that's better than you, we'll never know until you decide to sit down or move over or someone comes that's so dynamic that it just knocks you out, out of the seat, which is very rare. Like the statistics show us if you've been in office, you're going to likely be in office again. And when we talk about an office that's that big, right? That, cha- that literally determines the policies of this country at a federal level. We cannot have people who have, one, not worked in reality, right? They've been in these offices for so long, they don't even know what's happening in the real world. Like the fact that we have to tell them about Facebook and folks are asking, what's Facebook? In 20, whatever year that was, 2018 or whatever year they went up. They are not the right people. <laughs> are they probably good at what they do? Are they amazing leaders and have the wisdom that we need for the next generation of leaders? Yes. But if you don't know what data is, if I have to have a whole nother group come in, which they do, they have like um, tech stars and things like that that come in from through different fellowships. And I have to bring those people in to teach you on the current issues of today, you're not in your right position. Imagine if you were in a position where you didn't know what was happening in your organization. Like basically their organization is the country and they don't even know the basic foundations. Facebook has changed literally this election. Um, I'm not just talking about Facebook. When I say that word, you can bleep it out. They have changed literally the election. They have changed everything because of the data they have on people and how they can target people. So if we don't understand that, we're we're way behind.
0: There are too many parameters I see, you know, when it comes to stuff like this. And it's, I don't know. I like, you know, I'm I'm kind of baffled. You know, you two are the super politician people. Um, I just love Jesus and vote accordingly. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I I've, I've, I've been thinking about something um, in, in regards to this entire process that I still really see nobody putting their finger on, and and in particular, I'm addressing like um, white evangelicals, fundamentalist uh, people of, that, of of that nature. I, I love them. I do. Um, because I think that, just like you were saying, I think that they think uh, what they are talking about is good. You know, everything that they are for is good. And that is the commonalities of, of argument and interpretation. But one of the big pieces that I see them missing and missing frequently and doing it very well um, is is the, the, the biblical law of sowing and reaping. 2016. They started a course for something that they desired because they felt that it was going to really fulfill and complete everything in in, in their stance, you know, and that's all the stuff that we see. You know, I'm anti-abortion, but doggone it, I don't hold a candle to them, (laughs) you know. um, You know, everything for Israel, and we've talked about that on on this podcast, we have absolutely no effect on what happens over in Israel or biblically what's supposed to happen to Israel. We can't touch that. We can't touch it at all. You know, all these other things. But they trusted in the fact that this one individual that they put in office, that they didn't want to, but then they did. But then they didn't. They turned their nose up. And now all of a sudden, he's their ace, boom, coon. Come on, man. Um, (laughs) You know, just all these things. but, But I think the reason why this is so significant right now is because of all the things that you can argue about concerning Trump, whether he did or didn't do them, Fortunately, in this one area, he did a solid service. He made promises to these people about protection and liberties of religious rights and all this other stuff. And then he fulfilled those promises. And I think that makes us all the worst because I don't think that we would even be in this predicament had he not done that. Because then they would not have had a reason to hold on to him as tightly as they did. That being said, again, I'm talking about sowing and reaping. At the same time, because he was fulfilling those promises, they turned a blind eye to all the nonsense that now has our nation in flames. In in the lane of sowing and reaping, and, and I know that you are a woman of faith as well, coming from that position, how did you know that too far was too far concerning everything that he was doing as opposed to everything that he wasn't doing or wasn't addressing specifically? has now officially come to the head in the form of the events that happened yesterday.
1: So I'm going to actually take a more biblical approach to your question. Well, so one hasha. of <laughs> the things that um, really upsets me about this moment in time is my Christian, and I'm not going to say white because it's actually blacks too, is my Christian evangelicals, specifically blacks in the South, specifically whites everywhere, <laughs> Um <laughs> Mm. (laughs) just being honest. No, Uh, but there's a certain idea, right? There's a certain idea that, uh, and I'm not saying it isn't true, right? Um, um, There's a certain idea that abortion, gay rights, and gun rights topics trump everything, pun intended. And that if someone supports my view of those three issues, then they're my candidate. On the opposite side of that, same topic, pro-choice, gun restrictions, I forgot the third one now because I'm talking too long. But um, the opposite of that, right? If my candidate supports those things, I'm behind them. The problem with that is those things are settled law. We are literally electing people on things that are settled law. Gay marriage is the law of the land. That's not going backwards no matter who comes in. Unless they, and they literally have to kill half the population to get something like that to pass. It's already went to the Supreme Court. Settled. Abortion in this country, for the most part, settle unless they pull back Roe, Roe v. Wade, which is unlikely. Gun laws in this country, settle. You have a, a se- second amendment right. I'm sorry, my members are getting confused. Second amendment right to own um, a gun in this country. So they're we're having arguments on things that literally do not matter because they're not going to change. They've already settled it, period. Like there may be some little changes here and there, but those things are done. And you have to realize the politicians know what they're doing. They know they can tweak these little subjects and literally get you the move in a different direction. So let's talk about sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is we've literally focused on these topics so heavily that we're literally on one side, you're sowing this part, and then you're you're getting what? You're sowing... no abortion, you're sowing abortion. You're sowing no guns, you're sowing guns. You're sowing no gay marriage, you're sowing, sowing gay marriage. You're literally in opposition sowing two different seeds in the same soil. What is going to happen? Everything is growing right now and no one knows what, what it is that we should be focusing on. That's a problem that we've created in this country because we haven't said, these things are done. Once they go up that high, we're done. Now let's actually talk about the stuff that's going to affect your life. We're literally having conversations about stuff that really affects someone else's life and someone else's choices in a country where whether you want to have guns, not have guns, abortion, not have abortion, marriage, gay marriage, or not have gay marriage. We're literally at the point of dealing with people's individual level decisions and then wondering why we have folks literally about to fight and kill themselves for these things that are settled law. That is a problem that we have because we have allowed marketing, money, and all this stuff to get into politics where we no longer talk about the subjects that actually need to be talked about. And we only pick the things that we know are buzzwords and that everyone's going to follow. Sorry. And that may not be the answer you wanted, but that's the answer I'm giving.
2: It was the answer I wanted because it's the answer I've been giving for years. (laughs) There we go. So thank you. I think we're spirit animals or something. We're connected in some sort of cosmic way. I would just like to point that out. All right. I want to play devil's advocate a little bit Uh, and I'm not playing devil's advocate just to play it. I'm actually playing it because I think both of what you you guys are saying is that, for instance, Trump fulfilled these promises. See, I'm going to disagree and I'm going to disagree that these people actually are voting for him because they think what he's saying is good. Here you go. Yep. Here I go. This is what I, this is my perspective on how this is playing out. And it piggybacks onto your settled law. Trump is telling people that there's a war on religion. There's not. No one's trying to take away your religious right. Trump is telling That's people true. that mm-hmm. that there is socialism coming. Marxism is coming. That all of these, these terrible enemies and evil things are coming. He is telling you, and he's not the only politician doing this, by the way. He's just the first to really kind of perfect it because I remember buying a book for the 2000 election that had like this profiles on all the different candidates and had their platforms and it had where they believed and where they stood and it had like their ideas and what they were going to do and here I am 20 years old and I'm like man this is like my first like big presidential election this is cool I get to like who who do I think is actually going to take America into the the you know 21st century this is great and there were there were actual platforms that like Gore and and Bush and these candidates and then later on Kerry were they were they were actually running on things and ideas. Then Obama kind of ran on, you know, hope and change, right? So even though it was a little bit more thematic, he still had ideas. I was always impressed by the people who had ideas and had agendas. Trump has never had one. Trump has always just gone off the cuff. And admittingly, the people closest to him say he just gets up in the morning and just does kind of what what's going on that day. So he's like, oh, they don't like Mexico? Cool. My number one agenda is I'm gonna build a wall because Mexicans are coming. Meanwhile, immigration had been reducing for years. Abortion, they're, gonna, they're just gonna start ripping babies out of people. Meanwhile, abortion had been dropping for years. Every single thing that he claimed he was going to fix for you actually wasn't a problem. So it's basically like the mechanic going, hey, Jordan, man, you need a, a oil change. I know you came in here for that. But listen, your your wipers aren't working. You got two bald tires. Your brakes are, are done. Uh, you need a new catalytic converter. Meanwhile, you actually didn't need any of that stuff. But I told you you did. And so when your car's running better because I ch- just changed the oil and you drove off, you're like, dang, that guy fixed my car. That's what Trump did. It was a sleight of hand.
1: But Trump did that slide of hand with the help of media. Like, let's not forget that part. So you have to also think about, like, right, the amount of data we have out there. Like, most companies are tracking our data from every app we download. They're getting data on us. They understand our behaviors better than we understand our behaviors. There's things called behavioral nudges that actually push you to make decisions that don't you don't even know you're making at this point. So think about the fact that people were seeing on social media, on the news, Um, a message that also said what Trump was saying. So it was only solidifying what they believe. Then their friends are posting it. Oh, my friends also are saying it. Then um, conspiracy theorists are posting things about it and then showing videos and, and making fake videos about things and literally continuing to embed that in our society. Like, The internet is like the greatest thing to be invented, but it also was something that now allowed misinformation to spread at a a rate we've never seen before. Um, Before you had to send a letter, you had to possibly do a telegram, like uh, (laughs) send it by horse or whatever, (laughs) right? And now I I can literally share in one second to millions of people misinformation that goes unchecked. So yes, you are definitely right in everything you just said, but it also helped that he was at the right timing with what's going on with our data, with um, ads that were being targeted to us. That's why Facebook, Twitter, Twitter doesn't even do political ads anymore. Facebook makes you click on, a, like, I've done ads. They make you click a button and said this is a political ad so they actually can check it. Like, there's so much stuff that's happening behind that because they saw what happened due to the ads. Not even including that. Like, let's uh, run up into what happened yesterday. We know what happened with uh, some of the data around, like, Cambridge, uh, Cambridge uh, Analytica, Analytica and all yeah. the things. And we know that a lot of that was used to sow division. Like for less than, I I forgot how much it was. It was around six figures, I think, they spent to do that work to um, put those ads out. Ads are not a lot. And if you get people sharing it, your ad can go even more organic and viral. But let's think about what happened um, even with what happened with Black Lives Matter over the summer and what happened yesterday, right? So a number comes to mind, 52. Do you know what that number is? Not a clue the number of people that were arrested as a result of yesterday. Let me give you another number, 427. (laughs)
2: Hmm. The the
1: number of people arrested from May 30th to June 2nd during Black Lives Matter protests. If we look at the total number, 14,000 people were arrested during the summer in 49 cities during the anti-racism protests that happened across the country. So we are arresting people at different rates who are all fighting for what they believe is their justice and what have you. And that gets into a whole nother racial conversation. We want to hit it. We can. If we don't, we don't have to. But to go back to what I just said, those movements happen because someone posted something on social media. Someone then talked about it. Someone then spread it. A lot of news now doesn't even come from the news. It comes from someone on social media. Go on Twitter go look at um the different if you see a video look at the um comments they say all like all of a sudden like you'll see 50 60 70 different news um sites saying can i can i repost this can i tag this can i do this because we have put the tools in people's hands to share the truth as well as to spread lies which is what marketing does it embeds the message in your head you can't tell me um the truth after i've heard from trump you can't tell me the truth after i've seen that video online that said that they did not count the ballots and all these um, ballots were hidden. Even those boxes were at every single election place because that's normal and I have saw them myself. You can't tell me that because I have this mental model in my head that's been re-engineered, continued to be um, approved and said that's the right thing and that happens. So we need to understand that this is bigger than just one man.
0: So would you say, Debbie, you know what I'm about to do, uh, that this is a sign of environmental absolutism i just trying to get one in every episode. No, I mean, basically what, what you're saying is actually this is the fruit of what I'm talking about. Where they have been conditioned in an environment. Mm-hmm. And they've been conditioned so that it doesn't matter what anybody else says. There's no way that you can challenge the notion of whatever ideologies or whatever, you know, whatever they've been taught, whatever they've been receiving. And it's just, it's it's so crazy because you can take the simplicity of understanding that salt tastes salty. And you can damn it to the understanding that salt's supposed to taste like pepper because somebody's been telling you that on YouTube for the past three months. You know, it's, 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 it's ridiculousness like that, basically. And I don't know. Like, for me, I think, what, I think what Devin is saying, I think it definitely has some validity to it. Um, but at the same time, there is a severe situational irony attached to all of this right now. Because they wanted one thing. They got what they wanted. And then the aftermath of that is the same thing that is attached to the fear that they spread to those same people that now believe this nonsense. Lord forgive me, because they're telling me, you know, this is the one thing that I've heard nobody go there on until now, because I'm about to say it. Talking about Biden's America, in quotes. Okay. Lord forgive me, because I really, y'all know I don't talk about this stuff like this, but I'm I'm there officially. Biden's America was the America that was supposed to be in flames. Biden's America was America that all of these other things were supposed to happen in. And all of the stuff that they were talking about is what I saw because the media that was hyping their stuff up was the same media that was showing these things that were putting America in fear or a certain sect of America in fear. That doesn't make sense to me that you can take a look at that and say to yourself, oh my God, this is coming. I have to do something about it, so I have to do whatever I can to thwart off these other people who technically aren't even your enemies. They are your relatives. That's biblical as well. We don't have time to get into that. You know, it's like we, we were talking about when Obama was getting ready to get elected in 08 a few episodes ago and how people were deathly afraid of the fact that when he was elected, you were going to see people having abortions on street corners. And then the abortion rate dropped. So, you know, these are the things that I still, I cannot wrap my head around for the life of me for the simple fact that if, especially because we're going to go there, these Christians who are bought into this, these people who believe that this is producing the season of the latter rain, that we are really in the final pages of the book of Revelation, which it don't look like, that are fulfilling the promises of all of these other what prophecies that came from Amos or Isaiah or whomever. I I don't understand how you think that what you're doing right now is promoting this Which, by the way, that's, that's my sticking point on my mini rant here is how are you willing all of this when it is prophetically scripted that we're supposed to do something else? I know I'm sorry, because I really want your insight on this and I'm I'm curious.
2: Well then let her give it.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) I'm going to
1: punch you in the face. Please anyway. don't punch anybody. We got enough violence this week. Please. Seriously. I mean, I don't need a six, five
2: all... black guy attacking the white guy. You know what that would look like? The optics are bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever,
0: man. I mean, we're all tens to hundreds of miles away right now. So it's all good. Okay. I'm, I, I apologize, but no, I'm, I'm just, I'm really, really, I'm, I'm curious because that's, that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me. And to be honest with you, I think that that is antithetically a definition against politics. And everything is supposed to stand for, so I think that's my question. And if you need me to kind of clarify that for you, I can't. Speak to <laughs> that, that was
2: in the form of a question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, man, we don't we don't do things the, the we don't do things the regular way. Whatever. Let me alone. Let let her answer the question. See, coming in with your boy. Please, Amber, speak. This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're looking to get started, there's no better place. She specializes in all kinds. Dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you're in the 757, please don't hesitate to contact her. You can find her on Instagram, at Janique Locks. That's G-E-N-I-Q-U-E-L-O-C-S, Janique Locks. Or you can find her at her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man.
1: Y'all are hilarious. Um, But it's good to watch since I've listened to this on the podcast now to see it. And action is amazing. All right, <laughs> so let me answer your question. If I don't answer it, my bad. I'm going to try my best. So one of the things I think we need to realize in this country, there's nothing new under the sun in this world. There's nothing new on their son. We've been here before. Um, you want to, we talked, we're talking a little bit about the Bible. Let's go there. Let's go to 2020 years ago, the death of what we believe is our savior, right? Jesus Christ. At that time period, we have Rome being the leader in that area. And the people of that time, believing that Jesus was going to destroy the entire fabric, entire framework of the world if his message was continued to the point where they killed an innocent man who was guilty of nothing other than what they considered at the time as blasphemy. What's different between that and Christians of today, sorry, fellow Christians, uh, and Christians of today seeing something, identifying it as a threat with no real evidence and not looking back at 2021 years ago and saying, is this not the same thing? I believe there's a problem there, right? So what I what I started to break down for myself, because I was wondering too, I'm like all these Christian leaders who I followed like from childhood, right? I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to do that. But I followed since childhood, Were saying things like they heard a prophecy about Donald Trump being reelected by landslide numbers. And then he lost in crickets or they doubled down on it or they laughed about it or they did whatever. And I'm like, sounds like a Pharisee to me. Um, Because what we need to also realize in this country, right? We've allowed, and this is not anything against the church. Like I said, I'm a Christian, but there are systems in this country that are also run by money, that are also run by power, that are also run by influence. And a lot of people who are Christians have never read the Bible for themselves. And they listen to the words of people who are telling them based on their understanding of what that word says, what they should do and what what they should think. And I really believe if Jesus was here today, we would have crucified him again. And that's the reality of it. We would have called him a socialist. We would have said that he um, was, uh, was for free will and we don't want free will. We would have called him all these things and literally been against him. When in reality, the whole thing about if you believe in God is that God gave all of us free will.
2: Actually, the worst thing that Jesus had going for him, and it validates your point, is that he's a lot darker complexion than... We think so. <laughs> he definitely would have been <laughs> murdered. Oh, shit. she would have been gone. No, that's yeah. not a joke, though. That's no, like, I'm not kidding. No, I know it's uh, not, uh, no, no. I mean,
0: come on. That 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 that's my study. I'm I'm interested in in, in that aspect of it because now, if we're gonna be honest, it, skin color didn't even matter in the Bible. It's not even like that. But what you're saying, uh, Moses. Really like,
1: and no, I mean, no,
0: Moses wife. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was that
1: was a problem. That. She was too dark.
0: There, there was a touch of that, but that wasn't the the real theme. The real theme was 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 purity and, and nation line. Um, and, and that's why people hated... Who was it that Jesus talked about all the time? Who was that? Oh, yeah, the Samaritans. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, Samaritans, yeah. B- because they were mixed breeds. Because they weren't pure. But anyway, no, I'm, I'm not even trying to go on that tangent. Um, my bad, Devin. Although I did interrupt you intentionally because you were being a jerk earlier. Uh, and that apparently this is going to be that kind of episode.
2: I so. mean, every episode... <laughs> No, so I want to just shed a little insight on what you're struggling grasping here because I've given this some thought, not just in the last five minutes, but like overall, because I've really struggled with trying to understand why people think the way that they think when it comes to some of this stuff. So the example, so I've been reading through the epistles a lot and a lot of Paul's letters. And I brought this point up before on the podcast and I've mentioned to Jordan and, and all You know, I brought it up a lot, but it's the difference between like focusing on what God wants for your life and what God's will is in your life and his goodness or focusing on the enemies that are gonna stand in the way. And we have this, a lot of us have this Old Testament mindset because the Old Testament mindset is constantly the enemies in the way. But Christ came and changed all that because Christ, like you said, was an innocent man who was crucified for doing nothing wrong. That's because he didn't say anything about the enemies. He had enemies, but it didn't matter because he allowed God's will to be the predominant thing in his life. Then Paul does the same thing. Paul writes all those letters from prison. He says, yeah, I'm in prison. Doesn't at all attack the people who put him there. Instead, he's just like, you churches are terrible. And let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Doesn't talk about the enemies, doesn't talk about the captives, none of that. Talks about why the Christians are screwed up. So the deal is, is that that ongoing theme that apparently isn't overt to them, because like you said, a lot of, people, a lot of Christians haven't read their Bible. They just have it regurgitated to them. The ongoing theme there is God is good. Everything outside of him is bad. What do we know about the human psyche? PTSD does not happen from good things happening to you. PTSD happens from bad things happening to you. Those are the things that truly will change your mind and will leave scars on your your mental self, have you view the world differently. Some people can overcome that. The vast majority cannot, okay? So the deal is, is that Christ constantly had the good. He was able to, as much bad as went on in his life, He was able to constantly focus on the good. Our salvation, the Holy Spirit should give us that power, but we have to tap into it and stay on target with it. Otherwise, what happens is we allow the bad to come in. If bad comes in, we now think that everybody else is capable of that bad. That's where like Mr. Jordan likes to use his environmental absolutism. I like to use a simpler word, that I guarantee you Amber understands, called projection. Okay?
1: Whatever. All
2: right. Projection is...
1: I I didn't know what it meant, so I'm good with (laughs) projection.
2: So, projection is basically, well, if I would do something this way, they would too. The reason why they are so excited to jump on Trump's bandwagon is because if somebody would do something like this. Well, that's the way I would do it too. So like, if you're watching, have you ever watched like a movie and a criminal, like somebody who you just like have never really thought about, like you've never been in that world, right? Like you don't have the experiences that make up what that person has. They're like, oh, well, this person is absolutely, or let me put it this, let me do a more real world. Let's say somebody who's been cheated on, okay? Everybody's now capable of cheating everyone's a cheater. Why? Because I've been cheated on or I've cheated myself. So everyone's a cheater. All men are bad. All women are pig. Like whatever you want to say, right? That's that's how they become. They project how they would behave (laughs) on other people. Oh boy. That's what's happening with a lot of Christians.
0: There's our email. Watch your cancel culture.
2: Hey, you know what? I've been waiting to get canceled because I can get a lot of my week back not having to do this show and edit and all that stuff. (laughs) So the deal is, is that all of this projection causes us to then keep regurgitating the bad and focusing on the bad. And now we're focused on all of this bad we have to get rid of because we keep projecting all these terrible traits that we have. And these these thoughts that we're just saying, everybody else is gonna do this. Christ came to abolish that stuff. But the, the more time we spend not focusing on what we should be doing for him, the more time we're gonna just goof up and be our stupid, sinful selves And the projection causes division, which is the number one reason that Trump has ruined our country. More so than anything else, it's the division.
0: Amber, I love the fact that you said what you were saying as well, um, as far as like demystifying all of this misinformation. uh, Because while we're at it, we're going to give you a shameless plug. I think you've done something to try and remedy that. What, What have you done? It's called a
1: podcast. First, let me briefly say thank you, um, for breaking that down because I think I think you're right. Uh, the only problem I see with that is that I think that that's not Christianity at its core. I think that that sphere and the things we mentioned before, right? Because like, if you're like, what we believe in our faith is that we're Christians, we're walking by the Holy Spirit, following the life of Jesus Christ, and that wasn't Jesus Christ. So if I'm saying I'm a Christian, I need to follow his life or at least try to. And yes, I'm going to fall and yes, there are going to be times where I mess up. But if there's a constant ba- b- bumping up against this issue, I need to self-check and go back to those red words in the Bible and ignore probably the black ones that are in the new uh excuse me the old testament and really read the red ones and really come to a reckoning with myself because I agree with you. Like when you're in your own mess and that's part of like you said the PTSD and your own issues, you want to find the negative and you want to point to everyone else and tell everyone what they're not doing, what they shouldn't do. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, wore it twice, washed it, put it back on. So I fully understand that piece. But there comes a certain part where we have to remember that grace, and like you said, that's not what he came for. He came for grace. He came for the message of grace. Because if he came for anything else, that woman who committed adultery by herself somehow, I don't know how that happened, would have been stoned, right? Um that uh, the woman who touched his hem um, while she was uh, going through her monthly would have also made him unclean, therefore a sinner and all these other things. So there's all these rules that are in place that we regarded as our religion where we've forgotten the relationship. And I think what needs to happen in the Christian church and especially in the in the Christian evangelical American church is that we need to get back to the foundation of love. Literally, Jesus says every... like. Love God and love your neighbor. Everything hangs on love. And we've lost that. And that's why we're in division. That's why we're fighting each other because we don't love others. We definitely don't love ourselves. So how would I even know how to love you if I don't love myself? Because I'm dealing with some real stuff that I don't even know how to manage. How am I going to be the best person to do that? And I will skip to the plug um, unless you want to respond. I just wanted to say
2: one thing. I do think that that is vital, the love part. I think love is like number two. Uh, but behind like thoughts and prayers. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, like, and, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I'm not saying that thoughts and prayers are not oh, valid. Gosh. They are. But love is then like that reconditioning of, love is is literally an action and a choice. Exactly. Love is not an emotion, right? So it's the willingness to put yourself behind others. So that is absolutely required. But I think then that third thing is what we've really lacked in in our church leadership here, at least in America, is we are teaching conformity and ideology. We are not teaching discipleship. Exactly. And we are told to go and what, Jordan? Make disciples. Which is, if you look at what disciple means.
0: It means make sure that people are wearing skinny jeans. Yes.
2: Well, sort of, that's worship leader. But disciple is like, <laughs> disciple is, in, in a way, you could kind of break that down into love and action. Right? Like, the love comes first. That's to me like salvation's great. Like let's let's get people saved. That's great. But it doesn't end there. In fact, it goes on and on and on from there. And uh, I believe it's in, you know, James, where he's basically saying, Your love and your faith, that that's great. Your, your faith is awesome. But your faith literally means nothing if you're not going to commit to action. So
0: no yeah, y'all are both right, obviously. Um, but the one thing that I think we all probably could say needs to be chimed in on more than anything concerning love is what it says in 1 John. A perfect love casts out all fear. I don't know. I I think I'm really trying to refrain from saying certain things because because I'm in a, a certain mindset where I wouldn't care about reading everybody the riot act at this particular point in time. But there's just... There's an understanding in me, and I don't have it all together, but you know, for what it's worth. And I, I did try and get a degree in this stuff. So so there's that. Um, there's an understanding in me that is a clear-cut reminder every morning that when I wake up, I'm going to encounter somebody who I know I'm going to 100% disagree with on something every single time I encounter them. And I'm talking about my wife. I'm talking about my parents. I'm talking about Amber and, and Devin being jerks to me as we speak, and, and, and you know I love you both. But if we're really trying to do this life together and do it in the way that Jesus sanctioned by the example that he set for us before he took off, there's something in me that is a continual broken record at the moment, and I'm perfectly fine with that, that always wants me to remind other people that it doesn't matter what you say to me. It matters what you display to me. And, you know, the, for what it's worth, that's, that's the reason why I think we're even having this conversation, because there's too much of people talking about spreading God's love and worship and, and praising his name and, and gathering together and doing all this other stuff. And, you know, we haven't even talked about things involving masks yet. <laughs> and I'm just I'm going to leave that right there. Uh, but, you know, there, there, there's, there's something in all of this right now especially taking a look at what happened yesterday. And the reason why what happened yesterday bothered me so much was because you saw a bunch of different flags. You saw the American flag. You saw the Confederate flag. Above all of them, you saw a bunch of Trump flags. And then there were one or two flags that said this other word, Jesus. And there's where I have a problem, because Jesus wasn't walking among them yesterday. I'm sorry you can you you they can they can argue that all they want to but they'd be wrong because the last thing that I know about Jesus is that when he left he gave us the opportunity through the great commission to go forth and make disciples of all nations
2: which makes sense because one of the flags there I just want to point out I think somebody misordered they thought they were ordering the georgia state flag and they actually ordered the flag of the country of georgia so you're right all nations were represented even if they weren't meant to be <laughs> just want. i just want so, to point uh, that out i'm sorry sorry for interrupting oh my god
0: oh my god. <laughs> I, I need to finish because i know that oh man <sighs> anyway yeah uh. I'm trying to remember exactly where I was right now. I'm sorry, you couldn't not you real deep. I, I
2: couldn't not I couldn't not
0: not bring that up cuz it was just too funny. You wait until I was done No, cuz it wouldn't have been as funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh anyway, uh where was, I don't know. Where where was I? Okay, fine. Said
1: Jesus uh, wasn't represented there yesterday.
0: Yeah, no, he he really wasn't. Thank you, Amber. Good grief, Devin. Um yeah, no, he I'm sorry he wasn't because in the understanding of the the law that fulfills the prophets and the two things that he gives us. And then also he gives us the Holy Spirit and he gives us the Holy Spirit to do greater things than even he said. But he said the number one reason why he gave it to us in Acts chapter one, verse eight, was so that we could be his witnesses. And I'm sorry, Jesus flipped the table in the temple one time. And the reason why was because the folk in it turned his temple into a den of thieves. He didn't flip it because he didn't get his way. Matter of fact, if he'd gotten he didn't way, go he, in
1: someone else's house, that was his his place.
0: On, you, you better preach the gospel, girl.
1: Like you yeah. didn't go into he didn't go into um Pontius Pilates, <laughs> like uh whatever he lived in at that time. Um, he didn't go there and flip tables. He went into a place where he knew the order, he was the constructor of the order and held them accountable to what that place was meant to be. Otherwise, he would have been here all his entire life, destroying uh, and and flipping tables. But that's not what happened. That's very different than what happened yesterday. Continue.
2: He didn't storm the Roman capital and sit at Pontius' desk and take exactly. a
1: selfie. <laughs> well, they couldn't take
0: selfies back then.
2: Oh, really? You don't think Jesus, who is God, couldn't do it? Really? This is one of those theological questions. Can he make a breed or so hot he can't eat it? Right. That's the whole thing. Right. You heard that one?
0: Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know what happens after 10:30. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, this right here I guess is why we we don't carry the the deep um <laughs> the way that we need to, but yeah, I don't know. My bottom line in all of this is again, if we are keeping a Jesus at the center perspective, see what I did Amber just for you. I didn't say Christocentric. Uh anyway, um if we keep a Jesus at the center perspective, I'm sorry, you you look at yesterday and you are unsettled. In some way, shape, form. Of, I mean, take a look at what's happening right now. I think the last thing that I saw was that DeVos just resigned over what happened yesterday, because she knows the truth of who incited what. Four years too late. And I'm sorry. Like I don't. I'm not one of those people. Again, you understand that, but trust me. I'm sorry. In objectivity, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. That's what happened, and that is where we are. And so, not
1: it? Can I be that person for five seconds?
0: Sure.
2: Well, if you're not, I'm going to be, because good Lord, that's disingenuous.
1: (laughs) like, It's 10 days before you're about to lose your job anyway. What does it matter that you stood up and said something about a person who's literally said one million things at the hand of a keyboard via Twitter, and now you decide to take a stand? That to me is, again, what I call political theater, and that's the way you get a new job. The end.
2: Oh, a new job. This would be her first job, though, in like 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) Just pointing that out. (laughs)
0: Anyway, so ah, I think where I was trying to get to, I guess we can go and do that plug thing now, Amber. So, oh. yeah, you, you've you done something to try and remedy all of the misinformation. And what is that something that you
1: have done? Uh, what you So I'm going to answer what you said earlier because I'm not going to let you get away with the whole love thing. So I know that <laughs> and I'm not going to let you get away with the whole thoughts and prayers thing. So I'm not a thoughts and prayers person. And that I'm not going to go to someone and say thoughts and prayers and whatever. I am a thoughts and prayers person, then love, which is the action, like you said. Um, But the funny thing was, I do have a podcast. It's called AI Decodes the System. And we basically break down topics related to policy, data, technology, and law. And yesterday, actually, well, today, um, I posted a podcast with a young girl. She's a Gen Zer, aka meaning she's under 18. Uh, She just turned 17. And one of the things she's working on is actually helping to change how we look at democracy. And one of the things that we need to realize about that generation, and when I say that generation, I mean Gen Zers, their whole framework, sorry to let y'all know, is love. They saw what we did, millennials. They saw what we did, Gen Yers. They saw what we did, boomers. They saw what we did, who knows what the generation before that was called? I do not know. They saw what we did and how we handled the politics of this country. And it literally pushed them not towards anger. It pushed them towards love, collaboration, working together. They are the most accepting generation I've seen in my little 30 <clears throat> years of life. And it it, it actually encouraged me because they're like, one of the things she said that actually hit me as a, as a person that would never have thought this way before she said it, she was like, people have models, mental models, or the way they're raised because someone taught them that. She said, our opinions are not who we are. It's just based on what happened to you and your experiences, but that doesn't mean that's who you are because something else can come in and change that. And I think what we've done to each other in this country, we've made our opinions who we are, and that is ridiculous. And the fact that if I believe one thing and you don't believe it, we can't be friends, or if I don't agree with everything you say and we can't engage in healthy discourse, there's a problem. I am so happy that their generation is like, oh, if you don't understand this, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what happened and why you learned that and why that's wrong and how you can actually correct for that. We weren't the generation for that. We were a little bit different, but they are. So I think that the love message has to come through because one thing that is true, even those people who were there yesterday, I guarantee many of them have a person of color in their life who is someone they love. And I guarantee they don't treat that person of color that's in their life the way that they speak often to the masses or via Facebook or via whatever. We all have friends and maybe or maybe I'm the only one. I grew up in a very a household that's military. So I have a lot of Republican friends, have a lot of Democrat friends, have people down the center. I had a friend last night who was from high school, who's a Republican. He messaged me and started um, inboxing stuff that I didn't care to talk about. But I I listened to him and heard him out like he feels a certain way. Do I hate him? No. Do I love him with the love of God? Yes, I do. And I will never let someone's opinion dictate how I respond to them. Now, Will it make make me change how I encounter or engage with them? If it's something that's completely off the rails, sure. But we have to get to a place in this country where we start having conversations again. When people believe something we don't, we should be asking them why. That's why so many books sold about what was going on in rural America and why they voted for Trump. Because people were so disassociated with that population of people they just forgot and didn't care about, that they forgot to listen to them. They forgot to love them. They forgot to care about them. So guess what happens when you have love? Like I said earlier, anything can come in. When you're thirsty, you will drink dirty water versus uh, a situation where you have clean water all the time. And all they had for them was dirty water in the form of who we have in office right now who's soon to leave. He was dirty water, but guess what? He quenched their thirst. So we can either come in and ignore love and... Uh, act like that's not a thing, or we can actually go in and make sure these people felt heard and loved. And that's on both sides. People who are in rural America need to go to the city and talk to their brown and black brothers and sisters and find out why their experience is the way it is, which it shouldn't have to occur where we have George Floyd killed, 4, 14,000 people arrested on TV and all the stuff that happened with protesters across the whole world for us to have love and compassion for each other. Because what got white brothers and sisters out there at this time for the first time in in Ever was compassion, was love. And they saw George Floyd as a human being having his life taken. And that was that's what shook us because it hit our humanity. And the more we focus on our humanity and the more we focus on love is where we get to the place we need to be in this country. If not, I don't want to be here for it.
2: Okay, so next election cycle, like you're going to run with one of the two big parties so that you can actually get elected, right? Like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
0: the doors of the church are open. Is is there one today? I'm going to pass the bucket around.
2: Let's pass the bucket around after that.
1: My cash app is... I'm joking.
2: Yeah, we'll do the altar call <laughs> yeah, later. We we're let's, playing
0: with that. No, there, there will be no Let's get paid offering. first, Jordan. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, you're yeah. one
1: of those churches. I know how that works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oh. Uh, what do you mean one of those? Aren't all churches... <laughs>
1: No, we don't have time
0: to have that conversation. No, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, anyway, Amber, you've been more than generous uh, with your time this evening. I, I know that you want to, I'm bringing back the word just for this one episode. I know you want to go
1: night-night. But
0: um, yes, it, you, you haven't been there for that. Uh, if there I just is,
1: got it. It took me 13 seconds. Lord
2: have mercy. See, her. it's been a while since you've said it. That's why. I know.
0: Uh, you know, I got to bring things back sometimes. Just got to keep it fresh. Uh, anyway, yeah. If there is one <laughs> that's thing, that's
1: the opposite of bringing something. That back. Joint is like two thousand something, <laughs> <laughs> and not not in the teens. I don't think. I don't remember It's, it's like, a long time.
2: Ago. I gotta I gotta keep it fresh by bringing up a reference from the eighties. Like what? <laughs> that doesn't man, make any sense.
1: How do you? No, yeah, it does.
0: That's recycling one on one, man. Everybody when, remember in the nineties when when girls started rocking bell
1: bottoms again? Come on, seriously.
2: Those were boot cuts. But,
1: Thank you, because yeah, uh, we yeah, did they, not have bell bottoms in the '90s; they were boot they, cuts.
2: They're they 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 boot me. cuts. Trust me, I went to.
1: They called them boot no. Cuts, my wife no worked bell. at Old There's Navy, a buddy.
2: Okay. Bell bottoms, boot cut, cut and yeah, they had wide and baggy and regular fit and relaxed fit and boot cut. There were there were no bell bottoms.
0: Okay, okay whatever. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, no, you know, you know we, we, we're we're going to extend this just just a little bit more because Amber is here, um, and Devin, as you know. Uh, you really want to get to know Amber anyway because she's the one who left me the voicemail concerning the Oh, Thanksgiving.
2: Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Listen, this is where, okay, you just said that you would not respond to someone in a negative sense based on their opinion. Did I? Okay. My opinion is baked into, and yes, I use the word baked because we're talking about food. Baked into, <laughs> Into, into who lie. I am because of because of my white Thanksgivings that I have experienced, okay? Meanwhile, you attacked me based on my opinion. So, you've totally lost all credibility now.
1: Oh, that wasn't an opinion. <laughs> you What you said was a lack of information. And I actually said after I said the opinion, unless you're so baseless that I can't go with you. What you said was so baseless <laughs> that I couldn't go along with you. But as Listen, a person who is a Black person who has had Thanksgiving... Literally, most of that list, like there have been plenty of uh, Thanksgivings where um, we have sternos. We have like a whole catering setup where you think you're at um, somebody's cafeteria. Like what is the name of a cafeteria down there? Like
2: K&W?
1: Basically, that's what it looks like. And desserts, like we've had 20, 30 desserts. And that's not a joke. That's like real life. Um, So when you were going through the list, some of it was, I will give you 10% of the list was a lie.
2: I mean, good Lord, there had to be some embellishment. I mean, you're talking about like like a, a French bakery isn't even capable of that type of production in a day. But, As, but that's what, why you
1: start two days earlier. So that's the thing about the black um, experience when it comes to cooking and Thanksgiving. People are literally cooking a day and a half earlier to get all that done. Like my aunt has two stoves, like the double oh, stack. Like you don't wait. start the day of. That's two days of cooking.
2: Wait, so literally Black Friday exists because blacks don't eat till Friday? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. If cancel culture may get you, please don't get him. He's a kind man. He's a kind man. No. No. I mean, if it hasn't got me yet, I mean...
1: Start cooking Tuesday, Wednesday to (laughs) eat Thursday. And then you have enough food to last to the end of the year. (laughs)
2: Listen, this is actually just my my insecurities and my fear shining through. So it comes full circle uh, that, that I've never had a Thanksgiving this magical that I can't even believe that it exists. So I project onto others that this Thanksgiving is not possible. However, I feel like I have rustled enough feathers. uh, Another pun for Thanksgiving uh, that I might receive multiple invitations next November. (laughs) To to different Thanksgiving. I'm
1: not sure if that's going to happen. Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, COVID 21. Yeah, Yeah. tremendous. I'm very excited.
0: It's funny because I was going to say you're you are invited to the cookout, but after that joke, uh, you you can get a plate from the car.
2: (laughs) Come on, that Black Friday joke. That Black Friday joke is pretty solid. Come on.
0: I mean, I might just have to bring you a a, a, a to go (laughs) joint. My my guy. That was that was that was horrible. You but can drive okay.
1: up to the front yard and beep. We can do like an Uber Eats <laughs> <and> drop off. <laughs> you can't walk the front door
0: now. That sounds
2: good. That sounds good. Jordan, listen, I am moving in the next couple of months and I will be closer to Bobo's than I am now. So come on. You know, give me a little credit here.
0: Yeah. Oh no, you don't know about Bobo's Amber. Amber Bobo's has the the third best macaroni and cheese. On the face of planet Earth. like
2: That was where he spent like $68 on mac and cheese because $50 Cause was a ticket. red light ticket. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah it, was, it was real. I'm, I'm still kind of salty about that, but it is okay. But it's okay. God, is still the good All guy. All
1: mac and cheese are not created equal, so I would need to taste that to actually confirm. So you have to be careful on that.
2: That's true. In fact, I mean, that's even true of craft mac and cheese. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't like the original. I only eat spirals if I'm going to eat it. I'm just saying that, that I'm agreeing oh, that it's not... Jesus. Listen, by saying that, I am not saying that Kraft mac and cheese is better than Bobo's or homemade. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that at every level of mac and cheese, it's not all created equal. That's what I'm saying.
1: I'm saying you still ain't out of a box. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Well, you you know what? It's hard out here. Okay. No, no, no.
1: It's not that hard. I'm telling you right now, a bag of macaroni costs 99 cents, (laughs) A, a block of cheese. Cost a dollar.
2: They didn't approve a two thousand dollar stimulus, okay?
1: I got you at two dollars right
2: now. <laughs> the spirals are a dollar nineteen. $1. nineteen for spirals. It's actually more expensive than just the regular. If I had gotten a two thousand dollar stimulus, maybe I could bake some mac and cheese versus eating it out of a box, but I got six hundred. <laughs>
1: If you're going to eat it out of the box, you might as well go to the Kraft mac and cheese, the little to-go to- cups that you put in the microwave. Like, it's the same thing.
2: Oh, no, that's actually the, that's like, that's the bottom tier. That's the low-level boss of mac and cheese. That's absolutely the worst. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Anyway, Amber, please, because we, we we need to shut this down. I don't know how this happened, except for the fact that I started it. Um. Yeah, if, there, if there's one thing that you want people to understand...
1: I'm gonna say something that I hope gets edited out. How are you gonna take me through all of what you just took me through? You should have got me earlier when I was on it. Now I've like t- tipped over into crazy. Amber, um, ask that question again.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the whole purpose. I just I want to make sure I, you you can stay on point. You know, this this is what it's all about. Uh, but yeah, no, in 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 our eye to eyeness, you know, for you being inspired to inspire, what's 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 the one thing that you can say? Um, Matter of fact, this is an easy one. What is, what is the inspiration that gets you through the situations and the circumstances that you've been through? Because you went through it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Go ahead. Just 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 answer it.
1: So one thing I always tell people, so there's a lot of times when, especially during the last year, right? Last four years, shoot, last eight, depending on where you sit on the on each side of the aisle, where people would come to me and be very like depressed about where the country's going and what have you. And one thing I will say is that we've done, we've done this every election. Every election is the worst. Like, think about Obama and McCain. McCain's the worst. Like, we can't let him get in. Palin, we can't let him get in. Then it's um, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's the worst. Mitt Romney's the worst. Now we love Mitt Romney. Bush is the worst. Bush is the worst. Now we love Bush. Like, I need folks to realize there's a lot of rhetoric that's spun out there. But what hope do I have? Walk outside your front door. Look left. Look right. Talk to your neighbors. There's not a fight on your street. There's not anger, aggression on your street. We have to realize that there are people who are making a lot of money off of media, off of social media, off of us engaging in these different posts, these different conversations. And they're they're winning off of it. And then we're the ones who are losing. And now it's up to us to hold People accountable. We need to hold elected officials accountable. We need to hold media um, and some of these huge platforms accountable for the division that they're that they're literally fueling. It's not like we're fueling it because there's stuff that's forcing it, and now we're fueling it because we've been pushed into it. But I just want to remind everyone: your neighbors, the people who are in your life, your coworkers—you are not fighting in the way that what's happening on TV. You would assume that if you walked out of your front door, America's burning. America's not burning. America. Is growing where we are becoming uh, closer as a nation in our own individual communities. Yes, there are things that have uh, become um, that have made us have to lift up and, and fight together. Like, look what happened with Black Lives Matter and the protests across the whole country. We had millions of people across the whole country and world come together. If that doesn't inspire you, I'm not sure what does. And if it doesn't inspire you that you have neighbors and people you love who are there to support you, I say invest more time in those relationships and get off social media for at least a few days a week because it will drive you crazy. They want you to see that narrative. That's not our narrative and we can choose the narrative that we want. So be inspired by living your life and not letting any of this stuff completely knock you off. Being aware of what's happening, but also understand that it is a lot of it is fueled by money and power. And I want us to do a better job of noticing that.
2: I love it. There's so much to be hopeful for if we just look for the hope instead of looking for what's going to divide us more and tear us down. So, that's good.
1: I mean, look at this I podcast. Know, like, I'm going to say one last thing. We have, Jordan, what race are you? I, I don't assume race anymore. I mean, when it comes down to when I'm black, homie. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> Devin, what race are you in?
2: Uh I don't know. Ancestry.com just said they received my sample. Um, so, I'll find out.
1: So you didn't get your DNA
2: test? No. Um, like it's
1: not done? Oh, okay. That's
2: no, I have no idea. Um, but I identify as a Hispanic man. <laughs> is that <laughs> allowed? Too. I I grew up in Southern California, so I love my Hispanic brothers and sisters. So, yeah.
1: I hate but you, I- and I'm going to finish my point. <laughs> Jordan is a black African American <laughs> man. Uh, I think Devin is white, possibly from somewhere in Europe.
2: <laughs> I am stark white. I, yes. I, my, I definitely, I came over probably in a Viking ship in in the cold north. Yes.
1: I was going to say a Viking. Yeah. He's a Viking. I'm a black woman that has some European roots um, and we're having a conversation and we're having fun. We're enjoying each other. And this is what's happening in real life. Like, we're not battling each other out. We're not fussing at each other. We're able to laugh, joke. We're able to have a little bit of disagreement and we're able to get through it. This is America. And that's why I love this country. That's why I don't want us to be pushed backwards because I I love this place despite the, the, the horrors and things that this country has done. Think about this. I was talking to someone about this today and I'm gonna shut up. My mom and dad were born into segregation. Think about that. My parents were born into segregation. Fast forward. 50 some odd years, they were able to move from poverty in Mississippi and North Carolina, mostly due to the military and the and the different experiences they had there to middle class Americans. They were able to have a daughter who has three degrees in a country where her parents are born into a segregated South, who is like doing well for herself, able to run for office and things like that. Even look at the people who we we elected crap is happening and things have happened that have been bad in this country, but we have moved forward and we have made changes through policy, through the law, through um, activating ourselves and do, doing things like that. So when I add to that whole piece of being inspired, be inspired because we a- were able to see in our own lifetime, we're able to see a black president. When I was born, I never believed we would have a black president. Definitely didn't believe we would have a um, biracial, let's say biracial president and let's say biracial vice president. Never thought that was possible. Things are changing. You can't see it. They say the arc uh, to justice is long. We've seen it in my little short lifespan. I've seen so much, so many amazing things happen, and that gives me hope. So hopefully that all that gives you all hope too, because we're not this divided country that they want us to be. We get to choose who we are, and I think we're all choosing to unite and ignore all the fill in the blank BS um, that's trying to divide us. The end.
0: Uh, so so we don't we don't really get to put the expletive up here. Crap, I was really hoping for that. Uh,
2: but I now, mean, if you want to,
0: no, 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 no. Okay, because okay. now it would, like it, would, to it would be pointless. <laughs> it would it would be absolutely pointless. But anyway, yeah, Amber, I was gonna take
2: one for the team, and <laughs> okay,
0: uh, you'd be willing to, wouldn't you? I, add I mean, add sure. You can do an ad lib. Go for
2: it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's eleven oh one. It's actually allowed by the FCC now.
0: <laughs> Lies. From the pit. I think <laughs> the actually- devil is a lie. Anyway, A.I., Amber, Ivy, in the middle of all the shenanigans, we got a lot of wisdom. So, thank you so very much uh, for that. And honestly, appreciate you, appreciate the friend that you've been, the sister that you've been. And awesome and amazing to see everything that you are doing in your life. We continue to encourage that and all the pettiness that comes with it. Um, and of course, you know, you, you'll be back on here whether you like it or not. Um, and guys, please, please, please check out her podcast because it is actually rather amazing. Uh, really, really dope. Uh, again, it's called AI Decodes the System. Amen. Mm, AI Decodes the System. Um, and where can they find you, Amber? Um, you know, all that good social media stuff. Yeah, you got to do that because this is how they do podcasts. It's
1: great. I'm be asking people this question. Now I see why they hate it. I'm going to just tell you. But... um, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just gonna give my podcast stuff. So if you Google me, I'm Googleable. But feel free n- to not do that and just go to Instagram at ai decodes. That's ai decodes. I'm ai decodes on everything on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and now Clubhouse.
2: <laughs> I just love that you started with Google me. <laughs>
0: Did say, I think she trying to say Google able, but she said Googleable. That, that's a new word. Googleable. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah, I, I didn't know I said it today. I use that word all the time. Yeah.
2: What would you say is your greatest attribute? I'm Googleable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you Google me?
2: I did earlier. Yes. Oh, Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like uh, yeah.
0: if you did it. In- Hey, hey guys.
2: No, I did. And you are Googleable.
0: It's okay. We we, we can finish here. I know better
2: than People
1: use the term Googleable. Now I'm going to send you articles now that you said that. Go ahead.
2: No, I don't disagree. In fact, I'm going to continue to use it.
1: (laughs)
0: Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all once again for tuning in to the latest, greatest, and most ridiculous episode of Eye to Eye, short for Inspire to Inspire. Uh, Please don't forget to listen to our podcast as well, what you're doing, of course. So we appreciate that. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, download, do all those other things. Please rate and review for the algorithm people because they're jerks. Um, And of course, uh, wait, nope. you know how we do this, Devin. Uh, Please don't forget to wash your hands.
2: And wear your mask.
0: And of course, please don't forget to be inspired to inspire because that is is what the inspired one does. So until next time, folks, God, pray for your nation. Uh, Pray for your people. Pray for this disease. Pray for this uh, uh, transfer of power. Hopefully we don't have anything extra fun to talk about. Oh, we we do already. Obviously, there's a lot that we missed tonight, but trust me. We're going to talk about the rest.
1: And love your neighbor, snitches. that's good. (laughs)
2: <laughs> all you need is love.
1: Did you say
0: snitches in the end? She, oh, my yep, God. That's, okay, yeah,
2: that's we, still we, not worthy of an explicit thing. No, oh,
0: my God. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. We we need It's Clearly, everybody's delirious right now. So we're going to go to bed. We'll talk to you all. We'll check you out next time. Y'all be safe. Peace. Engineering by Devin Chandler. Editing and production, Jordan Brown. Digital media and graphics, Alyssa Wise. Interface and program relations, Delmar Gibbs. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta, at I underscore, the number two underscore I podcast. And of course... Please subscribe to your favorite podcast platform, download, rate, review, and share. Be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Thank you once again for all your support. Keep rocking.
1: Peace. Tell your co-hosts that on that Thanksgiving menu, that my family, we've calmed down, but my family legit has sternos for Thanksgiving. It looks like you're in a cafeteria at a Piccadilly, and we had multiple meats from salmons, turkeys, um, shoot, shrimp, lobster, like that's not a joke, and all those different greens. It's literally like 15 sides and like 10 dishes, and then cakes, we used to go real hard, we would go to Miss Dessert, and we would have at least five to 10 cakes. We don't do it anymore. and pies, But that's real.